Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis and joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, bub. Hey, Dan. This is definitely another edition of the Throwback Podcast. One we didn't plan on doing, but we had to because we got effed in the A by a corrupted SD card. Ugh. Effed in the A. We've had a lot of shows that we've um, um, lost. Yep. Um, by our own choice, that yeah. it just wasn't good enough. We've 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 snuffed them out of existence. We put the pillow over their head yeah. and just squeezed the life out of them until they couldn't gasp another breath. Right. And uh, in this case, it was the choice was made by our own equipment that an hour and ten minute show, uh, just a tremendous. I thought it was a really good effort by both of us. It was a good effort. I think we're. I think. The more we think back to it, it's kind of like that relationship that was like a B minus. But when you think back to the good times, you kind of turn it into an A. I think that's what we've done with this episode. It's going to live on in lore, even if it's just in our own brains. We're the only ones that will ever understand what it was like. But in honor of um, losing that episode forever. And and losing a little piece of ourselves. Yeah, it's a little bit of ourselves gone. But like uh, John F. Kennedy... Uh, who we lost too soon uh, and were unable to, you know, he, we couldn't share him with the world anymore. JFK Jr. or the first one? Jr. Oh, obviously. Okay. Yeah, the one. No, the I one thought that's what plane. you meant. You just, you didn't say the junior part. Uh, no, his old man uh, has the eternal flame in Arlington. Our eternal flame will forever remain on the throwback podcast. Uh, and uh, it was this. And it is this. It is this. Forever no, we, we devoted an hour and 10 minutes of our lives to doing this episode that will never be heard by anybody. And at the end, we decided Stay by Lisa Loeb was going to be on the playlist. You say, I only hear what I want to. Wait, that's actually ma- Stay. The song's called Stay. It's going to stay. And it will stay. It earned its spot. All right, let's, let's listen to Lisa. Say, I talk so all the time, so... And now it's bringing back memories of a charming anecdote I had shared with you about my formative years in this song, and that's gone too. I think the photo I tweeted out was your hands in the air just rocking back and forth like you were at Lilith Fair to mm. the song. Brutal, brutal. Yeah. All gone forever. So, um, undaunted, we are back uh, a week later. Slightly daunted. Uh, a little bit daunted. Uh, vaguely daunted to uh, bring you another episode. And we couldn't just do the same countdown because... No, and... Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm sure you're wondering, oh, they the guys did a Lisa Loeb album. No. <laughs> or maybe yes. you're thinking, we did nine oh, lives. they did the Reality Bites soundtrack. No. <laughs> we didn't do either of those two things. We did uh, the first week of August 1994. Alternative rock charts. Alt rock charts, but we can't go back to that. We can't, can't go back. But what we will do is another countdown. So we will uh, do a countdown uh, this week, uh, this week in 1999, 19 years ago today, the pop charts. Uh, so we'll get into that. A lot of uh, um, stuff to uh, 
a nice little jogging of the memory of what it was like, Bob, and to be 19 as we were at that time, what was on the radio. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it was still like prime radio time of our lives. You know, maybe you had a disc man plugged into your car. Maybe. But for the most part, you're just turning on the radio and listening to whatever was on. Unfortunately, yeah, it wasn't even the disc man played, plugged into the car. And it is a disc man, Bob. Disc man. Uh, the discman was connected to the faux tape. It's like, what kind of technology? Yeah, you, plugged on, in a, you plugged in a cassette. You know, Japan then, wasn't doing this. And then plugged it into the uh, cigarette lighter, which was still being used regularly. But it was like not a real cassette. You had to like trick the system. Yeah, it was a wire going from the cassette to this faulty You know, device. the Japanese had just a wire they that went were, from the CD player they, to the, the they, discman to the stereo. They had MP3s. They were laughing at us <laughs> every time we plugged in our stupid Bob, little cassette. Do not do, no offensive Japanese voice on this podcast. I, I know you were about to break one. into one. I did not do one. You are in the Hollywood business. You can't do that. You do not want to get James Gunned right out of the industry. Gun- yeah. James Gunn and I have a lot of things in common. <laughs> Bank accounts, success, <laughs> successful movies. Both fuck Jenna Fisher. And Jenna Fisher. We were both married to her, Dan. Mm-hmm. We didn't fuck. We were both married you to her. You screwed several times. <laughs> several times. Uh, all right. So we have put it all behind us. I am doing something I've never done before, Bob. I, I recorded a podcast at my day job at the NFL, and then I recorded another podcast, a fan of the show, the pod, Around the NFL podcast, is just what, way more successful than this show. He asked me to come eh, on his podcast, so I did about 40 minutes with him, and now we're going to record two more podcasts in the garage, four podcasts today, Bob, in one day. Wow. Are you sick of yourself yet? Yes, very sick of myself. I even, while you were setting up today, Bob, I drove to the gas station and got myself a five-hour energy shot. Oh, you love so those. So I am flying right now. You love that shot. I'm on Good. Coke. Wait a sec. That's not five-hour energy. <laughs> oh, well, that's that was a my different, slang I That's use. a different thing at the gas station. Uh, so, yes, I'm a drug addict. That's the other there thing. There you go. So, Tweet it. Deadspin. Uh, anything before we else before we get into it? Uh, I don't think so. I think we can get into it, and I'm sure other stuff will come up. I think we'll think of things to talk about. Mm. Yeah. Stuff that you haven't talked oh, about Patreon. in the other four podcasts. Patreon. Patreon.com slash throwback pod if you want to get involved. And you you are involved. And you guys continue to um, service the pod, support the pod, and we oh, love you. I know, I know what we need to reference because we referenced this in the uh, the dead pod, RIP. Uh, there was a, a faulty bit of information we threw out there. Oh, yeah. In the last episode. Uh, turns out we have more than one female Patreon. Awesome. Yeah, we have upwards of at least three. Three. At oh, least. That's right. Maybe and, more. And one of those female Patreonies, actually, I don't think she's even a, a, a dues paying member of the podcast. I think she just listens to it. Our buddy's uh, uh, wife and our friend Renee. I like that you refer to them as dues. Yeah. <laughs> they, she overheard uh, two people at a tavern in the West Village of Manhattan. Uh, one guy saying to the other guy, hey, you got to listen to this podcast, the throwback podcast. No, I think he was on a date. I think that was what we got reported, that he was telling a lady Mm -hmm. about the throwback pod. And I think our message to that guy is... Go fuck yourself. Yeah, fuck yourself, dude. Keep our names out of your fucking mouth. Don't use us to get laid. You're trying to get screwed. You're trying to use our names in our show. And it is our intellectual property. Do not use that to get in a (laughs) woman's pants. Keep it to yourself. All right? Nobody tell anybody about this podcast. Fucking assholes. Anyway, yeah, if you want to support the show, throwback uh, pod at Patreon. All right. Now, it's time to get into it, Bob. And, And what we always do, so the top 10 songs on the pop charts... 
uh, Billboard pop charts. We get everything from Billboard.com. Uh, what we like to do is pick two songs that fall outside the top 10 that we just like and we want to talk about. And, uh, and Bob, your choice was, I thought, really stellar. Yep. I just got to say. I agree. I agree with you. I think this was the right way to go. It debuted on the charts, according to Billboard magazine. Mm-hmm. The website we go to to find all this information. I already stated that. Go ahead. This was, I don't listen, this was the debut. And it's going to sound familiar because it's still on the radio today. Every summer. <laughs> what are you doing? They're playing it. <laughs> it's Len, the brother sister duo out of SoCal. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? Steal my sunshine. <laughs> nope. <laughs> After all it's that. It's so low, I can't hear it. <laughs> you wasted everybody's time and you weren't even in on it yet. <laughs> You know, I would say, Bob, I I will say I believe this is the greatest summer song ever. I don't know. I don't know if I could argue with I'll that. pound the table and say this is not the best song ever. Far from the best song ever. The artist is not uh, transcendent on any level. In fact, I don't think they I think they just never even released another song. They I just think, went back from once they came. Yeah, I think most people would agree that their first four albums were brilliant, <laughs> and then after that they fell off. They're not the best ever. Uh, in fact, I think I read like an oral history about this song because now every song needs an oral history. Every everything <laughs> needs an oral history now. Uh, and they were Len is the band was like a brother and sister uh, led group. They were so shocked by it. They were like, uh, okay, and they tried <laughs> to have a, maybe a follow up hit. And very quickly, they're like, oh, this isn't going to happen. And they just kind of gave up. But they gave us this. It's, to me, a perfect encapsulation of, like, the summer. And they leaned into it, the video, riding their little scooters through the beach. And they probably only wrote idiots. the song. They probably only wrote the song so they could ride around on scooters in the video. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably as far as they thought it was going to go. Um, so, yeah. And yeah, it, it's summer. It's and summer it was also, in a song. It kind of came up, as we brought up on this podcast, um... What? Why? What are you looking at? Did you see a ghost in the corner of the garage? Maybe I did. You can't hold out on me. If you got <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. This is my rented garage. <laughs> um, this we brought up on this podcast that uh, after a truly transcendent, great fun run in the '90s of both pop music and alternative rock, things took a real dark turn in the late '90s. So this was kind of a bastion uh, from a lot of the new metal that was popular at the time. It was just a fun pop song. It was basically. A ray of sunshine. Go fuck yourself, Bob. <laughs> I thought you were gonna like it. Well done, though. Can't wait till that ghost gets you. <laughs> wait, did he look friendly? I like how or paranoid. I like how you're paranoid. It's as if you did coke at a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird how that happened. And called it a five-hour energy shot, and then <laughs> slipped it up, slipped up in your language, and then backed off. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. All right. What did you pick, Dan? What was your song outside? Oh yeah. You love this song. 
I'm a sucker for an accordion <laughs> in a song. But I'm the Weird Al fan. <laughs> All right, that's it. Kiss me out of the bearded barley. The 19-year-old version of myself is getting a boner thinking of Rachel Lee Cook coming down the stairs in the red dress right now. How does the 19-year-old like version wood. of yourself get that? Does that mean you're getting that? Yeah, I would it's a 19-year-old I mean, boner? You could try to decode it, or you could just look under the table. Do you have a 19-year-old boner in your pants? <laughs> is i was 19 and this is 19 years yes yeah i have an aging boner right now thinking Happen. about <laughs> rachel lee cook your boner is twice as old now as it was when you were enjoying this oh, man. that's weird it doesn't look like it's twice as old other parts of my body really it doesn't look more distinguished <laughs> it does have like a a, a a white beard without the mustache part and a smoking pipe but besides that besides it looks that the same. it also has the uh, like morgan freeman black dots all over it as well and also morgan freeman like narrates my yeah. dick now yeah. at all times when i take it out anyway um this song is by six pence none the richer of course bob of course another band that i think basically um blinked and Was, they had a huge hit they were len and I mean, then they, they might were as well like, the, yeah i think they're also canadian or maybe not. Oh, I have no, no idea. No one knows. It doesn't matter. No. We're not going to look it up. Uh, and they were like, we're done. Yeah, that's it. We we're did out. this. I think they actually had a cover that did pretty well a little later on, but nothing like this. There she goes. There she goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, this song, you know what the song? Here, listen. Accordion. Is that an accordion? I guess like, And then this like 10,000 Maniacs guitar solo. <laughs> I just love it all. It, it makes me wistful for having a 19-year-old boner. That's great. So yeah. You're a 19-year-old boner. Yeah. It makes it reminds me of my 19-year-old boner. Great. Not being 19 years... No. Being 19 and yeah. having a boner. Yes. Rachel Lee Cook, very hot in uh, She's it all, all comes That. In, of course. Did Gorgeous. you see that in the theater? No. There's a, there's a weird number of movies that will pop up on cable um, that ostensibly I, I should have had no business being interested in seeing. Yeah. And... Uh, but I've seen almost every like teen-oriented movie in a theater that came out from 1997 to 2000. That's weird. Strange. All right. I don't like you less for it. It's just weird. I think I used to... Well, I stayed home my first two years of college, and so did our friend Sam. And I think we would just go to like movies to kill the time. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it was 1999. Yeah, that makes sense. So I saw basically every... I like 10 Things I Hate About You... Uh, basically anything that was in that demographic. Everything in life pre-21, when you're still, you know, you're getting into bars occasionally, you're going to parties, you're still like having an active social life. But the effort that was put into that, at times you were just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go see a movie. Right. And another method would be, let's go to Blockbuster. Of course. Easy. All right. Bob, that was nice. I feel like those two choices really set the tone for the nation at the time. The summer of 99. And um, it shows that our country was an innocent country at that moment. Yeah. And uh, only at that moment of time could this song be a top 10 hit. So, Jaden, look, it's only a couple more records left on the album, man. Like, what you think I should put on now? Oh, yeah. Really? Nah, come on, man. People people heard that. I mean, I, I got some hot records. I got The Rain. I got Uh. What should I do next? 
Wow, wow, Why is he talking wow. like that? All right, look, you, you know what? Look, I'm, I'm going to just go on. I'm going to pick my uh, own. I'm going to put something else on. Uh, all, right, all right, man. Fine. Wow, wow. That was really bad. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. Like he's actually like These Will Smith songs He was actually like Recalling the plot elements of the film He just named his character Like he just He's giving you He's reading page one of the script Jim West I mean, Protagonist Lazy as you can possibly be. <laughs> Turn the page, page 14 of the screenplay. Introduce Kevin Klein. Like, I said yes at the Ivy, but my agent asked if I was in. So specific. This was the beginning of the end for Will Smith as a uh, popular recording artist. Yeah, it was. Because everyone, like, everyone was kind of, again, this is pre-9-11, put it on the board. Is this, like, is this post-Miami? This is post-Miami, yeah, yeah. pre-9-11, and um, everyone was kind of just, like, okay with, like, Will Smith having a recording career again, even though he's the biggest movie star in the world. Yeah. It was his fun side project. Everybody was kind of like, all right, it's I'm fine. for it. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Like the some of those Will Smith, so, like my, what was it? Miami was big. Miami was huge. What did he have? Um, getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it, of course. Will 2K. <laughs> Wait, was that the song? The Millennium song. Don't make me look up Will Smith essentials on the Apple playlist. <laughs> Nobody's making you do anything. I'm doing it. I liked uh, Will Smith when I was a kid. The Fresh Prince of, the Fresh Prince, excuse me. And DJ Jazzy Jeff. I had one of their cassettes, the one with um, I Think I Could Beat Mike Tyson. Right. And I right, listened right. to that all the time when I was like 11 years old. It was the Big Willie style album that really blew up. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Men in Black song, which was of course. also a lot of plot elements distilled a throughout. Lot. You really get that the, particular You don't song. need to go see the movie after you hear the song. But I remember. Um, even during this this era where everything was very big and flashy, uh, at the MTV Music Awards, when he opened the show by coming out on a horse, walking down the the aisleway at Radio City Music Hall, and then proceeded to like act out a scene from this movie in full costume, <laughs> everybody was just like, "Fuck this! Fuck this, Will! <laughs> You're done, Will! Enough with this! You only get to be a." Uh, Emotionally distant movie star now. This That's song, it. this song is proper, properly maligned for being awful. But I wonder if we remember it being so bad because the movie was so bad. Let's see if he's still talking plot by the way. It seems like he's just wandering now. Uh, Narrative-wise, it's just wandering now. That was when he put the script down on page 38. Like, yeah, I'll do it. How much am I getting? That was it. Just vagities. It's also Drew Hill's um, dying light as well. Oh, yeah, Drew Hill. Because he was on a bunch of hooks there for a while. Cool Modi on the side, hey. too? Bullshit. Yeah. That's the um, Cool Modi at a certain point was a trailblazer in, mm-hmm. in hip-hop, mm-hmm. as Bob and I know. Of course, all the big hip-hop heads. We were breakdancing in Manhattan, lower you, Manhattan in 1982. You could hear us talk about that on Dan's fifth podcast of the day, <laughs> uh, Danny H's Hip Hop Hour. Strange name for a show, but uh, for some reason, the people the people enjoy it. Next up. Next up. How do we follow that?
Remember this one? Yeah. Originally intended, oh, this is uh, 702, where my girl's at. Intended to be included on TLC's third studio album, Fan Mill. TLC rejects the song, and then 702 records it and makes it their biggest hit. It's, Produced by Missy Elliott, by the way. It's funny, because it sounds like TLC and Missy Elliott. Like, everything about this, if I would have had to guess who it was, I would have guessed TLC, and then I would have thrown out a Missy Elliott cohort. Because yeah. it has that exact sound of everything that came out around the time. And, uh... I think on our last show, we talked about our memorial pub crawls we would do before Thanksgiving. It makes me think of the Lisa Left Eye Lopez pub crawl. Yeah, do you remember where you were when you found out Left Eye was no more? When she met her untimely demise in that car crash? I don't. Were, were we together? No, we were not together. No. I was in L.A. for the first time. I had just gotten off a plane and uh, staying, in a ho- staying in a hotel by LAX, turned on the TV, Lisa Left Eye Lopez is dead. Wow. It was a big, it was like, whoa, that's that's big. I was upstairs in my parents' house and I had just logged in 56K modem um, uh, as I did in the morning to see ESPN. And I, um, and, in the uh, right and, corner. And slowly download uh, four images of Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> and in the right corner of ESPN.com was there, there was an explosion at the World Trade Center. Oh, no, no, no. Different thing. And different then thing. Then I turned no, on no, Howard no, no, Stern because no, no. I just no, wanted no, no, to like, no, 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 see. No, Left eye, left eye, left eye, left eye, left eye, left eye, 99. We need to like know 9 11 where were you like alarm anytime <laughs> someone starts to do that. Uh, Bob, uh, I think black culture has done a nice job of repping for area codes. Wonderful, yeah. They've done a really nice job. None that. more than Mr. Ludacris, of course. Uh, yes. Did you know, Bob, that, as you would guess, 702, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very bad group name. Bad group name. Not but, memorable at all. Not a good number. But uh, call your album 702 or a song 702. The right. entire group. Let's right. calm down a little bit. 702, the area code for what region of the country, Bob? Ooh, I have no idea. I'm going to guess maybe tex- somewhere in Texas. Vegas, baby. Vegas. Oh, Vegas, wow. baby. Would have been a better name if they would have just called themselves Vegas Babies. By the way, this is how I say it. Vegas, baby. I don't like that. But um, before we started recording, you broke. You accidentally oh, discovered yeah. that you can do another impression. Are you ready for it? I don't know. Do you want to, <clears throat> do, you want to do it now or do you want to just throw it? Are you talking about my Pacey Witter? Dawson, Dawson, Dawson. Very 1999. But no, that's not what I'm talking about. Hey, teacher, let's fuck. Uh, kind of losing it. It's been a long time <laughs> okay, since you watched Dawson's little, Creek, right. I think. All right, here's here's my new impression I'm rolling out. Um, it needs no introduction in terms of background. Uh, here it is. <clears throat> it's... No, 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 no. no. Take it. It's been... It's pretty good. All right, hang on. It's been... There it is. That was it. Okay, got it. Sound it's up. been... I feel like I'm there. Now, here's the actual beginning of the song. And you tell me if you could tell a difference. All right, one more time. You ready? Yep. It's been. It's been. <laughs> yes. It's really good. I did it. You did okay. it. All right, that's In the Stable with Joshua Jackson. And um, pretty much it. Bare Naked Ladies and Joshua <laughs> Jackson. I think I have one in there. Another I thought one you had one other somewhere. one. I can't remember what it was. Dawson, Dawson, Dawson. It's been. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on. You connect it further away. Well, we're going to go from Vegas, Bob, to Seattle. The grunge scene. Ooh, okay. But not really. 
Biggest hit of Pearl Jam's career. Oh, don't say that. Which is true. I know, but don't say that. A cover of an old, like a 50s song? Yeah. Last Kiss. And can I just say, Bob, hearing this again, of course it's nice. So nice. This song's a pile of shit. I have very, I have very mixed feelings about this song. I did from the moment it came out. It was very cool to hear Pearl Jam. And we love Pearl Jam. We've done yes. 10 on this show. We'll do another Pearl Jam album soon, soon enough. But it is they for this my to be first, the song. They were my first favorite band. I loved them. I loved everything they did. And this came out and it was on all the time. And at first I was like, oh, that's cool. It's cool hearing them do a cover. It's cool hearing them do this song. And then as it got bigger and bigger, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why is yeah. this their biggest song? And I would feel an obligation to leave it on every time it landed on the radio. But I didn't want to. It was really, yeah, it was inescapable. And it was a full like four or five years past their kind of commercial peak so it was like you were kind of definitely if you were into alternative rock and you were a Pearl Jam fan you were happy that all of a sudden they were on Pearl uh, they were on Z100 and stuff and they yeah. were on pop radio but it's like uh, this song this yeah. is how most people know Pearl Jam that's so awful to hear you say that like I liked um, do you remember when Guns N' Roses did the um, spaghetti incident and they had that yes. cover of Since I Don't Have You uh no, but See, I don't remember the spaghetti incident other than the horrible album cover of just right. like spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's another kind of version of this where it's like an old 50s song that just sounds cool when you do it in 1991 or 1999, but it doesn't make it a good song. Yeah. Well, it, got, it bought them another house or two. Yeah, definitely. It, it helped Eddie that. make his ukulele album. <laughs> yes. I actually like one of the singles off the ukulele, Me too. ukulele album. Uh, so I, will, I will never badmouth Eddie Vedder, ever. You, and that's not what you do in private, so maybe you shouldn't. How dare you? You have often called him a communist <laughs> in private conversation. That's a weird. What is this? Red scare? I've been watching the um, Netflix Vietnam. Oh, God, got it. Okay. So Shut up. This is not the next song. Total, total quagmire. Wait, is this Vietnam. really the next song, or are you just trying to make my night? <laughs> I did not know this was on the list. You didn't? I didn't know. I missed it. All right. We'll open up your ears. Light funky ones. <laughs> New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the summer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I take her if I have one wish. But she's been gone since that summer. Since that summer. Pop mama late speak in span. Met you once yes, so and it all began. You're the best girl that I ever did see. The great Larry Bird jersey 33. When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. Call me Willie Whistle, cause I can't speak, baby. Something in your eyes went and drove me crazy. Now I can't forget you and it makes me mad. Left one day and never came back. Stayed all summer, then went back home. Macaulay Culkin wasn't home alone. Fell deep in love, but now. Now we ain't speaking. Michael J. Fox was Alex B. Keaton. When I met you, I said my name is the whitest rich. song that's ever been written. It's the best song I've ever written. Um, Chinese food. I assume nobody in any other country has ever heard the song. This this feels like an American disease. Is this the only? Yeah, no, that's true. Is this the only song where the the uh, chorus is open about like diarrhea? 
<laughs> Chinese food makes you sick. It probably, it probably doesn't mean vomit. It probably means it doesn't settle with your stomach. It's like a duty so thing. You have a real loose bowel movement. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it could be like a mental, like it makes me sick to think about it. But no, he's probably shitting his pants. Um, so that's troubling. More troubling is the final destinationing of LFO. <laughs> and I Wait, don't I want to be talk- flip about this. Okay, okay. And uh, we can get back to the song, Bob, because I know you're dying to I'm get back dying to, the song. to dive into this song. Um, let me, I'm going to pause it for a second. Um, Rich Cronin, who was the hot one, yeah, the lead singer, he, he, he passed away um, years ago. In fact, 2005, he had leukemia, and that's, that was a tragedy. He was 35. Uh, 2010, he died. And now, uh, most recently, the other dude, the dude that had like the Pauly D haircut, yeah, he has, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer last oh my God. year, uh, which is not good. Uh, as someone that, when our podcast mate Chris Wessling got diagnosed with cancer, you started doing a lot of research. And you saw where the stages are. Stage four, no bueno. Uh, so you hope you hope the best for him. But there's one other dude in LFO. You got to put him in some type of like containment chamber, I feel like. I don't want to make light of this. And no, we never would. Or funky of this. But it's a very, or ones. very serious question. Was it the Chinese food? Mm. I feel much better, baby, when you're wow. near. I know you're a comedian, Bob. Your job is he was telling take tragedy us, and turn was, it into comedy. I'm just saying there's clues in the song. Chinese food makes me sick. He was warning us. Anyway, shout out to Takes Devin on a whole new meeting. Takes on a whole new meeting. Uh, we hope you get well soon. Yes. Uh, your thoughts on the song? This was a song that I liked ironically, and I bought the cassette. I don't sing. think so. No, no, but I bought the cassette. I remember that. Yes. I think you. No, it crossed over. Said you liked it ironically, yeah, but no. you liked it unironically, and then covered it up as an unironic liking. It started ironic. It crossed over to unironic very quickly. Because <laughs> I knew, like, I was. it's that thing where you're like, oh my God, this is the worst song I've ever heard. Like, the lyrics are, are abominable. Like, there's no way you could actually defend this. And then the more you, like, get into it, you're like, wait, is it brilliant is there something happening here that is beyond like there's so you're saying it's so bad yeah that it makes a turn to good but it's not like and then ultimately turns back but it's not like bad. can't be like it's so bad it's good it's like they they have to know how bad it is and then they're just doubling down and saying macaulay culkin's in home alone and it's almost like a, it's almost like a meta genius form no, of shitty not. music it is not meta not genius. Well, it could be genius I don't know. because it made a lot of people rich. Loved it. But it's not, there was no winking to it. No, there's no way. I honestly think, and we have talked about this a lot, like this was a much different time. Yeah. Like we lived through, we, like when people talk about the 50s and then it's like, then it gave way to the 60s and Ken Burns' Vietnam doc. Like we, we get did it. That. We get it. You're watching a documentary. All right. You're not the only guy in the world who watches documentaries. <laughs> but I'm serious. Like, we did the 1950s thing. It we was did. the 90s. It's true. It was the fuck. We even had the limited skirmish. We had the yeah, Persian Gulf keep, War. Just to keep us busy. There was the Korean War. There's like 50,000 uh, men died in Korea. Um, but uh, there was really a different vibe to life in the 90s. So a band like or a group like LFO, the light funky ones, could pop up, have a song about absolutely nothing. Yeah. And just because it had a catchy melody, everybody's just like, all right. It's fly. Yeah, they got a little bit of hate, but imagine like the vitriol they would receive now if oh. like a band like that put out a song like that. Oh my god! Yeah, 
Oh my god. It wouldn't make sense. Can I all right, and that will lead us into our one, two, ten, and seven. That leads us into our number six song, which is almost certainly eventually made number one. So this must have been early in its chart um lifespan. Summer Girls was a successful um pop song, but mm-hmm. a bad one. Correct. Now I'm going to play Bob a successful pop song that is a brilliant pop song. And I will stand for this fucking song every day of the week. Oh, damn. Yeah. You are my fire, the one desire. I want it that way But we are two worlds apart You know what I'm saying, Bob. I know exactly what you're saying. Backstreet Boys. This is peak Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Take it away, Howie Doro. <laughs> I think that's Nick after Nick Carter. I think you're right. I want it that way. Is that H.A. McKellen? This might be Howie Durrow. Okay. Is that Brian Luttrell? <laughs> All right, let's name him. Brian Luttrell was the one that had the bad heart. And the square face. Square face, bad heart. <laughs> That's the worst SpongeBob spinoff ever. <laughs> Howie Duro was like the other guy. Yeah, the guy that nobody's He was like Ringo. About. Yeah. And no one's bad favorite. Facial hair. Bad facial hair. No, no, no. You're thinking oh, of the wrong that guy. Oh, that's not Howie? Oh. You're thinking of the bad boy. Yeah. AJ, was that it? No, AJ. Howie Duro was like just the other guy. <laughs> I can't even picture him right now. Brian, okay. It was Brian Luttrell. Uh, bad heart. Bad heart. Square heart, face. Square face. <laughs> It was. Oh wait, this is uh, Nick Carter's big moment. No matter the distance, I want you to know that deep down inside of me. There was the dude, um, big eyebrows, ostensibly attractive, but really, if you really break down his face, it was disaster. Kevin. Kevin Duro. <laughs> Kevin Love. <laughs> There's a Kevin. All right. Nick Carter. Yeah. <laughs> the trail, Bad Heart. <laughs> <Square face. laughs> uh, there was... Um, Howie Duro. Hi, Howie Duro. A.J. McLean. A.J. McLean. He was the bad boy. Yes. And then um, there's another fucking Carter. asshole in there. group. Nick Carter? Nick Carter. We did it. Five. Did say that? Yeah. They were the Backstreet Boys. Uh, and I think NSYNC won the, won the, the battles. Oh, the no, war. They won the war. They won the war. This is when Backstreet Boys was the biggest band. They won the, the Backstreet Boys when No Strings Attached and this album, which I think was called Millennium, not Willennium. No, I think it was called Millennium. I think you might be right. Yeah, uh, it was actually. They came out the same time. NSYNC won the battle. They sold they sold like two and a half million copies yeah. in the first week of their album. Yeah. Um, but this was the best boy band song that yeah. ever existed. Absolutely. In yeah. that era, anyway. Yeah. As, Maybe ever. As 
Wait, should we just let them close? Yeah, out we the songs should. They we, they, it? They've, they've earned it. Respect, 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 respect. You got to respect, respect that. Yeah, as um, straight nineteen-year-old men, you know, we we were nineteen-year-old boners. We were anti-boy bands. From the boners were nineteen, but we were nineteen and had okay. Go okay, ahead. we were anti-boy bands. You had to be because it was like, look what happened. To, look what's happening to music. You had to kind of reject the entire. You movement. wanted to be. Yeah, you were then, fighting. You were fight like the Vietnam doc. I'm watching I'm Ken kidding, Burns. I'm really kidding, good work. Me. Great work. I'm also reading a book right now. No, um, not about Vietnam, but, uh, um, no, go ahead. It's that thing <laughs> where we were fighting this boy band movement and then that song came out and I have memories of driving to work in the morning in my summer job and that would come on and you got to leave it on cause it was, it was mm-hmm. damn good. It was like the one that you were allowed to like. You could argue. I want it that way was the biggest song in the nineties. You could argue it. You can make that argument. I'm sure uh, Bad Heart Squareface has argued it. <laughs> yeah, do you think he ever thought like, I wish I had a better heart <laughs> and like a more oval face? No, nah, he was living a good life. I don't think he was. Well, minus the bad. <laughs> By the way, if you, my wife, uh, Emily, my wife, my wife, Aunt Span, um, my wife went, was a fan of boy bands. Uh, when she probably was aged out of the demographic um, yeah. by about two years, but she still she was still into it. She always loved um, Backstreet Boys, Boys more than NSYNC. And um, we, as a result of her teenage, late teenage years love of Backstreet Boys, um, we watched a documentary about them that came out probably about five years ago. It was when they got back together for a reunion tour. And it is surprisingly trenchant. Hmm. I, if, if you're looking into what is it like to be an aging boy band, but you're not really old yet, but right. you're definitely you're now in your 30s. Everyone's got either a wife and kids or a drug problem. And some of you can't hit the high notes anymore, but you're yeah. playing to young mothers and 30 somethings still expected to do the dance moves. It is a it is, it is a great peek behind the curtain that includes a pretty incredible boardroom showdown featuring two members of the band because uh, one is upset that the other one is still getting all the solos <laughs> but can't hit the notes anymore. Ooh, that sounds great. Think about that. That's wow, was that Ken Burns also? Uh, Ken Burns did not handle the doc oh, on the Backstreet Boys, but <laughs> I feel like he would do a really maybe good it's a, job. Maybe it's coming up. Maybe he's just I don't think ready. that's a bad idea, Bob. It's in the holster. <laughs> all right, here we go. Is this Castlevania? <laughs> Great game. We're so I know it's this. Castlevania ref. Yeah. Very nice. This is actually Ninja Gaiden. Oh, too. that's great. That's a good game. Go, J-Lo. This, is this like a plot line <laughs> for her uh, future movie <laughs> obsession or whatever? Um, 
shit, this is just making me realize I, we're so lucky we made it out of 1999 alive. Because we were, fuck, it was coming at us on all fronts. You had to, like, one side you're battling the boy bands. You're fighting them back. In sync, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees. You're just fighting that fight. Then, oh, there's the Latin explosion coming oh, at you. Here comes fucking Ricky Martin and J-Lo. This, the and Latin Enrique explosion, Iglesias. like, hit a starboard. It just, like, oh, no. Like, we're fighting coming. one side on the battleship, yeah. like, fighting off Fred Durst and fucking Jonathan. And then fucking Jonathan. Fred Durst. Yeah. And Nickelback and Kid Rock. We're so, taking shots, and then out of here, out of nowhere, <laughs> here comes the fucking Latin explosion <laughs> blowing up the back of the ship. Oh, we were fighting a three-front war. It was like all it's angles. Like, who, all right, we need reinforcements, and it's like uh, Oasis standing on the shoulder of giants. No, no, no somebody better. Star Sailor's like, we're here. <laughs> it's like Pearl Jam, a cover from 1952. <laughs> no. No, we need to do better. <laughs> oh, my dark. God. Rob. Where's Robbie Williams? Third Eye Blind, they have to have a good follow-up. No! <laughs> Live! The way no. you'll be the... No! He gets me No! Why? <laughs> hey, now. You're an all-star. Why? Oh, okay. Anyway, her Jennifer Lopez uh, music career was preordained to be a success. Of course. Like, it had been decided by the machine. Yeah. And this was, like, peak... Uh, this is peak music industry there was never um more cds sold or albums sold ever than there were in 1999 yeah i was just thumbing through a rolling stone while i was at the barbershop and because rolling stone is still a thing that exists um and it confirmed that that period 99 2000 right before napster really took over mm -hmm. people bought the shit out of cds and they were paying like 20 bucks a cd yeah. to get it um but like once they decided J Lo was gonna have a music career, Just it was almost off. like the entire music industry. Anybody that was like a hit maker was forced into like slavery to create hits for her, and this was one of them. And I have to say, I like a lot of J Lo's uh, singles. Not bad. Not bad. Not as offensive as they could be. Remember the uh, her Y two K single? Oh, waiting for tonight. Waiting for yeah. tonight. Ah. I don't like that one. She also got that A Rod pipe later on. Crack pipe? About 10 years later. No, his dick. Oh, his dick. His dick. In fact, oh no, I was going to say, oh, they're currently together. Okay. They're still together. Okay. Bob's like, okay, I don't keep up with that stuff. I really, I'm not into really the don't. gossip rags. Don't. Don't. <laughs> okay. Don't know. Don't know. You don't know that A-Rod and J-Lo are together? If you would have told me they were together five years ago. Okay, or... Dan. Whatever. Don't know. You fucking loser. Wait, do you still go to those like websites? Are you still checking out like no, what's I'm happening? Just plugged in. I'm plugged into pop culture. They are together. Okay, great. She she'll show up occasionally at like baseball games when he's because he works for ESPN now. Uh huh. They're still together. I know he works for ESPN. See that part I know. A Rod. Um, Alex Rodriguez. For those of you at home. <laughs> A Rod's been come on. You know, laying wood for many years. He's been screwing for many years. Yeah, of course. My favorite A-Rod relationship was... Hey, uh, he really screwed the Yankees with that contract. Because, huh? <laughs> nice, There Bob. we go. There you go. Redemption. Uh, in 2009, when he won his lone World Series title with the Yankees, uh, Kate Hudson was getting Yeah, that I remember. Rod. He also won me a fantasy baseball title that summer, so it was a great He year. had a nice season that year. Yeah. Um, but uh, J-Rod and... Uh, J-Rod. J-Rod. Is that a thing? Jewish A-Rod. <laughs> is that like a J date thing for a rod? I don't know. Nine, eight, seven, six, five. All right. We're in the top five. Here's the number four song in America this week. 
is J date still a thing? I don't know anymore. Mm. I think we've really we're on the other side of all. Yeah, the, that's your territory. Of all though. the J date jokes that happened in 2006. Actually, now that like your reaction to the my J Lo A Rod thing, say that again. Say is J say is J date a thing? Is J date still a thing? No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Okay, I respect you not knowing things. How about that? Somebody won't oh, no. That's what you get. This is why we don't that. The years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. It's actually a pretty good message. never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. I feel like in the present day, this song is kind of rightly maligned as like one of the cheesiest songs yeah. you could possibly write. Like when we were younger, like when we were in college and stuff and everyone would have like a, a good laugh at a particularly like tacky 80s song. Mm-hmm. This became that. the next generation yeah, version right. of that. Um, but it's crazy. Like when they first came out, like Walking on the Sun was... A really fun, like, kind of a cool song. Yeah, it was. And I remember the first time I heard this song, I have like a weird memory of pulling into a gas station in Towson, Maryland, and the song came on and listening to it and, and just immediately like identifying that's going to be the biggest song of the summer. Yeah. Like you just tell from like first listen, like this it was is like new be, radicals. You get what you give yeah, where like, you hear it the first time. Like, oh, this, this is, is going to be, be everywhere. tremendous. Yeah. And it yeah. was, and it wasn't hated immediately. It was kind of like, okay, because again, like you said before, it was pre, uh, you know, that thing. So everything was happier. Everything was happier. ESPN.com. Stop. Everything Put was happier. Stop. On. Stop. Is everything okay? Stop. No. Gotta call my no. sister. Can't but the get point through. I'm making is this is on the same countdown as Len Steal My Sunshine. Yes. It was a happier, more optimistic time that this didn't stand out as being so corny like it does now, to your point. It would have been destroyed. On the inter- internet in 2018. Oh my god! It would be a, just mocked. It, it's, mer- it would have been so forever. destroyed that even in 2018, I think his name is Steve Harrell or something like that. The lead singer of Howell, Smash yeah. Smash Mouth is getting destroyed today. Still, like getting made because fun of, of this song. Constantly. They didn't. They didn't have really nothing else to offer from a pop it, culture it's standpoint. Not, it's not their fault that in 99, 2000, every movie that didn't have an ending just started playing All Star and rolling credits. I think like Shrek was Shrek did it. <laughs> Rat Race did it. Very underrated movie, Rat Race. Rat and Rat Race is actually in the movie, and the movie just ends where they're like, "Wait a minute, it's a Smash Mouth concert." Really? Yeah, yeah. My and God. they play All Star to the credits. That's incredible. Yeah, and there was like 18 other movies that used All Star to just end the movie. Also, they they have an active um, Twitter presence. The Smash Mouth handle. I don't know if you've been tracking tracking this, Bob. I should be. Uh, I think the singer runs the handle, uh-huh. uh, and he will squabble with people that make fun of the band. That's great. Or he'll inject himself into arguments about something random, and then rightfully, like eight million Twitter people will be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You're Smash Mouth. <laughs> Stay out of it." And if you'd want to do a fun, like if you want to have a chuckle, if things are, if you're having a rough day, 
do a YouTube search of a show in which Smash Mouth was playing some county fair about five years ago, and um, people were throwing like bread at them, and then uh, the singer Steve threatened them, throw one more piece of bread at me, and you'll see what happens. And then naturally, it's Smash Mouth. Someone throws one more piece of bread at him, and uh, he has like a meltdown on stage. Oh, check wow. it out. I got to check that out. Hating <laughs> Smash Mouth, though, is like the ultimate white privilege. Like, there's so many more things to hate. And we were just like, oh, we're going to hate you, too. Like, yeah. it's just like we didn't need to hate Smash Mouth, but why not? We hate them. But there are, there are entities that deserve it more and also entities that deserve it less. I feel like Smash Mouth got rich, so this is their penance. Okay. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Like our movie Cracker Jack we love. Yeah. One of the great lines. Uh, uh, check that out, too, if you're feeling down. Yeah, good luck. My penance. My penance. That's a, that's a deep breath. Top three, Bob. All right, here we are. Just want to talk about Cracker Jack now. Thomas Ian Griffith, search it. Natasha Kinski. <laughs> Sorry, At Christopher first Plummer. we started out real cool. Taking me places I ain't never been But now you're getting comfortable Ain't doing those things you did no more You're slowly making me pay for things Your money should be handling And now you ask to use my car Drive it all day and don't fill up the tank And you have the audacity to even come and step to me Ask to hold some money from me Until Did she mispronounce audacity? We'll give Queen Bee the respect she deserves in a second. But a little update here about breaking news. Even that will get you fucking murdered online. <laughs> or even just mockingly saying that. Um, breaking news, Bob. We did not name all the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Shit. So there's um, Square Heart. No. <laughs> Bad Heart Square. Bad Heart Square Face. Brian Luttrell. There's Bad Boy. AJ McLean. There's the Pretty Boy. Nick Carter. Right. There's... The other guy. The other guy, Howie Doro. Kevin. There's a Kevin. Kevin. It's ostensibly handsome Kevin. Kevin. Nice, hey. nice, strong features, jawline. Didn't he have like a nice eyes. Chin strap, like facial hair. A goatee, I think. Okay. But it could have morphed it. Big old eyebrows. Kevin Richardson wow. on oh, Vox. I would have never got that. And Rich, uh, K. Rich, was the guy that um, had a lot of the solos. Yeah. And Nick Carter in that doc. Storms into this boardroom when they're planning a tour and be like, Kevin keeps on getting all the solos, but he can't hit him anymore. Hand the solos over, bro. That's amazing. Anyway, Beyonce. Oh, it's amazing. Don't do that. Don't do that today. Can anybody, is there anybody that is allowed to balance out the scales? I I like Beyonce. I really do enjoy um, a lot of her work. And I think she seems like a cool person. I know, Bob, you had a well, nice yeah, experience I, I with her. I can speak from experience. She's a very cool person. I have nothing against Beyonce. Um, the praise of her is perhaps overly breathless. But you know what? I would say the complaining about the praise of her being overly breathless is a little overdone at this point. 
who's doing that? We just we you just said, and I agree with you that like you're not allowed to do that. You're not, but now people are kind of taking that to be like I'm going to be a little rebellious and I'm going to talk about. Oh, you think there's a backlash? In amongst certain circles, I think so. Here's a perfect example of um, the Beyonce situation. My friend Beyonce, and I, your friend, I and I respect that. And let me just add that one of the best Super Bowl halftime shows ever was Beyonce Beyonce's solo show uh, at the Superdome, Super Bowl Forty Eight. Not the, not the one where Coldplay opened up for. Not that one. Uh, she did a nice job there too, and was obviously the biggest star. But she killed it. In fact, she. A lot of people think her performance, Bob, was so hot it led to the power outage of that Ravens oh, Niners wow. Super Bowl. I like that. Yeah. Um, but a perfect example of the Beyonce is completely in control of pop culture is she released an album with her husband like a month ago. Yeah. Are you aware of this? Mm-hmm. That um, if you listen to it, there's really nothing to get excited about. Right. But because she's so beloved, the only reaction would be just fawning. Oh my God, she's done it again. She surprised us with the release. And then nobody dared to say, yeah, but the album's not good. We just, so it was just like, yeah, it kind of disappeared pretty quickly. Praise that how amazing it was that they did this together. And like, oh, they were in the Louvre in front of the Mona Lisa. But then nothing. There's no, there was the songs. No songs. That's Dan Hansis at Dan Hansis on Twitter. <laughs> his opinions are solely his own. She's a transcendent force in popular culture. I just want to say that. I get it. I get it. You know, that song, by the way, is that, where does that rank on your Destiny's Child jams? Top five. Top five DCs. Yeah. I'm going to put Survivor at number one. Yeah, that makes sense. And then Say My Name is there. Mm -hmm. Right up there. Yeah. Can I name two more? I don't think so. Mm. Top five. Top three. Bills, Bills, Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills. Uh, All right. You ready? Number two, Bob. What is the number two song in America this week, 20 years ago? You want to just take a wild guess? 19 years ago. Uh, I don't want to take a wild guess. Not at all. I don't want to. It's 2019 right now, Bob. Too much pressure. It's 2019. Was I asleep that long? Man, you must have been tired. It must be tough raising kids. What song? Come on. What? You ready for the song? Yes. Why are you being impatient? I don't know. I want to know what song it is. He slept for a year, Bob. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Here we go. Mf'er on our top ten list. This is "Tell Me It's Real" by Casey and JoJo. I've never heard this song. Barely before. any memory of this. The only thing I can ever think about with Casey and JoJo is the fact that you rigged our senior prom song. <laughs> One of my greatest moments. You know, many people who went to our high school, if they're listening right now, they may not be aware of it. The reason that our senior prom song was not 
Casey and JoJo all my life <laughs> is because many years before the Russians infiltrated our election, Daniel Keith has infiltrated Pearl River High School's 19 class of 1998 prom song voting. Yeah. Switched the votes to make it so Eternal Flame by the Bengals beat out Casey and JoJo's All My Life. Hey, yeah. Single-handedly. An 11-year-old song, um, or 10-year-old song. And not only that, Bob, the conspiracy gets even deeper. It does. We, um, I think we all talked about, because we basically there was a vote for the class, as you're saying. Yes. Uh, Eternal Flame by the Bengals was, because we were always... I feel like ahead of the eighties nostalgia. Absolutely. Kick. We were. And that the reason it was even on the ballot in the first place was because we put it on. Yeah. We put it on the ballot. And then, uh, what happened was <laughs> Casey and Jojo all my life was a big hit and it was leading the voting. Yeah. And I got my hands on during a study hall. They were passing around a sheet. Uh, it was like a 10 page packet with everyone's name in our grade. It was yeah. 156 people in our graduating class. And all I did was found all the people that did not vote. Absentee voters. Absentee voters. <laughs> a bunch of hanging chads. <laughs> and I just checked bangles over and over and over and over again. And uh, they won. <laughs> voter fraud. Voter Total fraud. voter fraud. So if you're a member of Pearl Rivers Class of 98, if you're one of the other 154 people, now is your chance to really petition to retroactively make Casey and JoJo our prom song. <laughs> Um, I'm glad that I that I did that. I am so glad you did it. I loved slow dancing with my girlfriend to the Bengals at our prom. Um, this is what should have been our senior prom song. Bob. I had such a miserable time at my prom. I went with someone that I didn't I didn't even really know her well. I just I didn't have a girlfriend. Didn't really have anything um lined up and uh our our mutual friend that i kind of had an on again off again relationship with was in a relationship at the time with somebody right. else so i didn't even have that so i just i scrambled and had this this girl that i didn't really know and she was not really like game to have fun she at the prom very, she was uh grade below us very attractive so you were just like hey i got this prom ticket why don't you come with me like you used your like senior prom poll yeah she came girl yeah but we didn't really have anything in common right. and uh i just remember and she didn't even go down to seaside after which right. was like the rite of passage like everyone goes down to seaside heights on the jersey shore at a party um but her dad wouldn't let her go it was a very very strict irish catholic family there was like 10 kids in the family it was like yeah but they're very big into like the bible and going to church so i there was no way to even to like turn it into a fun weekend with my prom date it just sucked yeah i don't even remember dancing to eternal flame or <laughs> to eternal flame that's what it was right well her strict family probably didn't want her dancing <laughs> to anything hedonistic like the bangles so you were screwed was your you were still with your high school girlfriend senior yes. prom yeah oh you guys broke up you did the I'm going away to college. Yep. I got to be free, which yep. is actually the right move. Totally the right move. It was not easy, but it was definitely the right move. But kind of cold blooded very, on some level, right? Very cold blooded. Yeah. yeah you was, initiated, I assume? I did. And it was tough. It was weird. Why'd you do that? Why didn't you do? Because the other move is to 
we're going to try to make it work. Right. And then you'll quickly realize it's not going to work. And then you break up like second semester freshman year. You weren't even interested in doing that, which makes me think maybe you were ready to go in no, general. I, I don't think I was. I, I think I was just a very like. She's listening right now, by the way. Of course she is. I miss you. A very. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> I made a mistake. No. Um, <laughs> Take me back. A very nice. <laughs> but you've been married eight years and you have two kids <laughs> and you live 3000 miles away. Um, I want you. No, I think I was just a very practical person and I was excited to go to college and experience it. And I didn't want to be kind of one foot in, one foot out. It was a mature decision. Did you? It was not, by the way, it was not a clean cut. It was a very messy year. Did you that. Did you break up at the end of summer? Yeah. What, wasn't it hanging over the relationship the whole time? Oh, yeah, the whole time. Take me through what it's like to have a high school <laughs> girlfriend, Bob. <laughs> well, you know those 19-year-old boners of yours, Dan? Yes. Imagine a world. <laughs> Where someone else takes care of it? <laughs> I cannot literally. Oh, Speaking of 19-year-old boners firing on all Stop cylinders. speaking of that. <laughs> I feel like I've been locked up the boners of age. Century of lonely nights waiting for someone to release me. for a second i was so in the moment great song great 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 song bob you have this single as well don't you i don't think i did cassette single no i don't think i did i I thought you did no but you were all about you were and to your credit bob you were on the aguilera corner early when everybody else was on britney corner early and often you said no 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 with this one this one that says her body is like telling her to bang it's true <laughs> and her heart's saying no but you know who's winning yeah Aguilar was all about letting you know that she was not Britney she's open for business yeah the, the heart was not going to beat the body <laughs> yeah I loved her she was just she was you know there's a phrase that we've thrown around in our friendship uh, Bob girl yes that was very uh, true for a long period of time in my teens and 20s just little blonde girls like and right. Christina Aguilera was the quintessential. She checked. Guy. She checked the box. I loved her. I thought she was the hottest thing ever. Uh, right around 2000, uh, my I went on a family vacation. My cousin Mike, who uh, you know, of course, is Big Al. Big Al. Uh, his family invited me along on a California vacation, and um, it might have been the summer of this song came out. So Aguilera was huge. And we went to Disneyland and uh, me and my cousin, Mike, who is two years younger. So he was 17. I was 19. We had this game where we were going, going through the theme park. It's a very teenage thing to do. But we would say, shot her. If we saw a hot girl, mm-hmm. you would say, shot her. And, and she would be, I guess, yours. 
And okay. we it was like a running game. Yeah, who, yeah. who could shot the hottest girls? Like right. If you ran around Disneyland <laughs> saying shot her now, you would be arrested. You'd be immediately shot. And shot. Um, so anyway, um, we're going back and forth, and it's a good competition. And then out of nowhere, waiting on the line to get on a roller coaster, and Big Al says, "Shot Christina Aguilera." And her and her entire entourage had, 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 had scurried to the front of this line. And I was like, well, he wins. That's the greatest pull ever. <laughs> Good job, Big Al. Shot Christina Aguilera. Uh, Genie in the Bottle. This is like a number one song. This was like... Oh, this is good. Come, come, come on and let me out. Well done. Just wants to let her out. That, that, she never did surpass Britney, but that was... She was a she she gave us a viable alternative. She yeah. was like the Rolling Stones to Britney's Beatles. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> and Nobody's then, ever said that before. No, no one's done it before. Uh, and like if everyone was a little bit shocked when Dirty came out like four years later. People were shocked. You know who was fucking in? This guy. <laughs> oh, this across this from guy. me. Oh my when God. she was wearing assless chaps Dude. and uh, just outwardly uh, hortastic. Oh, and everybody her was. Her Maxim cover where she was just topless <laughs> giving the finger. She's like fucking a guy in like hologram. <laughs> it was the best. On the cover of that Maxim. But like it was all there, even that first single. Yeah. Um, anyway, there you go. That was the number one song this week in 1999 Genie in a Bottle, Christina Aguilera. Um, all right, Bob, you know what time it is on the show. Yeah, we got to pick a song for our Spotify playlist. Like, I don't even, even though as much as I love Genie in a Bottle, I don't think Lisa Loeb, 1994 Lisa Loeb and 1999 Christina Aguilera would be good neighbors. They would not get along. It would be no. like a very difficult they relationship. They would be very judgy towards one another. Oh, no, they would not like It would each not other. work. Um, the LFO guys, they've been through a lot. You almost want to throw them, throw them a bone, but we can't, <laughs> can't, we can't do, do that. it that way. We can't sell you the playlist like that. Um, Bob, I'm going to throw it to you this week. I, I trust your judgment. Don't trust me. This in is... my mind, I have someone. In, I have a, I have a song in mind. Well, but it's... I, I kind of just want you to take this one. Oh, Every once see. in a while, I think we're both allowed to just throw it to the other person. And I'm going to throw it to you this week. This is the toughest one we've had because it's pop music. Mm-hmm. We want it to fit in seamlessly. It's we- not going to... The quicker you realize there's no way to fit this in seamlessly, it might make it easier to make a choice. Just pick the song that you like the most. I can't. We hate a bunch of these. I want you to pick. I don't want this responsibility. Okay. We can't pick the, our outside the top we 10 can't? Is that what we've landed on? We can't do I think that? last time we said we can, but it's more fun to suffer Oh man, pick one man, that we it's can. It's really tough then. Yeah. I, I insist that you pick. Please don't pick Wild Wild West. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, we, we could pick one of our outside the top 10 picks. Um, it makes for a better playlist. Barely. Barely. But. Here's what I'm okay with. Tell me what you're okay with, and I'm then I'll o- pick something from that. All right. I'm okay with I want it that way. Okay, there it is. <laughs> you were waiting for that. <laughs> Damn it. You know who's going to get along? 1994 Lisa Loeb in 1999 uh, Bad Heart Squareface. Well, now I know that now that we have this on here, you can put on the throwback podcast playlist in front of your wife and start with this song uh. and trick her into thinking that it's going to be more. Oh, this is music. eclectic. Oh, I can't wait to listen to this playlist. And then it's on shuffle. And then it goes from this to Angels by Robbie Williams. It's like, exactly. Get get a couple of wines in her. And then this song will come on probably like... Do a little Coke. <laughs> It'll be like a couple songs will come on. And then this song come out like, oh, this playlist is kind of fun. <laughs> All right. Well done. 
Uh, follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod. Follow us on Instagram at ThrowbackPod. If you want to email us, including the dude that offered to buy us an air conditioner oh for the super yeah, hot garage. To, you know what? We should email that guy back. We're bad people. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's get back to him. Uh, but if you want to either offer us things that we need, like an air conditioner for this hot-ass garage, or just you have something to say to us that uh, is more than 280 characters, uh, the throwback pod at Gmail. And yes, we mentioned it uh, earlier. Patreon. Patreon.com uh, slash throwback pod. This podcast exists because the listeners, you guys... Uh, stepped in and saved us when HeadGum bailed on us like fucking asshole. No, no, don't do that. I know don't you work that. in the industry, Bob, don't and those that. are good guys. They're good guys. I like both of them, but I'll tell you what, they quit on us, and you saved us. The listeners saved us. So if you want to support the show, please do. Uh, Patreon.com slash throwbackpod. And if you can't even imagine how to spell the word that I said to start that URL, go to Twitter uh, where you can get the link. To, you could even give Bob. You can give two bucks, you two could. bucks a month. You could. That's all it takes. That's all. Uh, you could offer more as well, but two. That's yeah. nice. All right, we'll be back next week. A very special throwback pod, by oh, the way. Oh, that's right. Uh, because we will be. Oh my God, this is fun. Bob. If you say this, then we have to do it. No, oh, no, I'm locking us in right now. Oh man. Next week's show will be uh, a, our first ever remote show. Oh jeez. Oh, Bob, you were looking to bail potentially, but now you can't because we're going to be at the Forum in Englewood, uh, California, and we are going to see Weezer at the Forum. And the Pixies. And the Pixies. And guess what, Bob? Holy shit. We are going to do a podcast from the Forum parking lot. Like a couple of cool dudes. So make sure... You tune in next week where we are going to do a live live podcast from the parking lot before the Weezer show. Uh, That's where we're at, Bob. We're almost 40. We go to the forum (laughs) and we do a podcast. That makes sense. Anyway, next week, Weezer from the forum. Uh, Until then, go fuck yourself. Yep.